but oh my god, I just don't want to see food for a while. But I'll probably have a piece of cake later. Well, yeah, because there's always room for cake. There's always room for You're cake. You're always fun. <laughs> <with cake. laughs> Welcome back to The Watch List with Patty and Bill. Make sure you catch up on all of your back episodes of The Watch List by going to thewatchlistpod.com. Engage with us on social media at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Irie Larson, at symbol the watch list pod. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts, except Spotify. They're they're actually bastards right now until they pay us, and then they're less bastardy. And if you listen on Apple, please make sure you give us a five star review. We would appreciate that. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Yeah. You know what? I, I I ended up it was a good movie week for for the household here. Oh yeah. We, yeah, we watched we watched a fair amount of movies. I was actually very surprised. Hmm. So I wanna start out though, and and, and uh actually you have a fan in I do. our our friend Terry. Shout out to Terry. What's oh, up, Terry? Oh hey Terry. She loves your rapid fire reviews. Cool. Loves those. I'm glad she likes them. So just wanted to say that because she was at this dinner that we went to and, and she mentioned that she actually loves when you do the rapid fire things. So maybe I'll watch like 64 things this week and I'll break them all down in one and a half minutes. I doubt it. I couldn't even get you to watch one of my things. So. Oh, why are you going to throw the bus on me like that? Excuse me. I'm such a busy man. I have things I got to do. I'm sorry. I do. I don't have time to watch TV or movies. Oh, my God, because we're not getting that Spotify money yet. Anyway. <laughs> so I, I want the first thing I want to start off with, though, is something you already reviewed that we actually caught up on, and it's called Don't Look Up. Uh-huh. And it's on Netflix, and it stars Leo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence in the movie about, oh, guess what? An asteroid is coming to Earth to destroy us. We really liked it. I did, it, too. I liked it. I thought it was fun. It was, it was, it was serious enough that, you, that you're wondering, like, oh, my God, why aren't people taking this shit seriously? But, we looked at, but Laura and I looked at each other like, yeah, this is exactly the shit that would happen. Yeah, that is. If this kind of stuff would, if there was an asteroid coming to Earth, Mm -hmm. and uh, I, uh, Kate Blanchett in this movie is almost unrecognizable. Right, right. I I didn't even know that she was the reporter (laughs) in this, along with um, um, oh, what's his name, um, um, Tyler Perry. Yes, I didn't even I didn't even realize it was her until like oh my god that is, that's Kate Blanchett, um, <laughs> but it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. It's funny in spots, a little what the fuck is going on in spots, but I think overall it's it's worth some time on Netflix. So go catch up on Don't Look Up. Yeah, and with all the things I've seen, those end of the world type things, like I thought for sure at one point I'm like. I know where this is going. This is what's going to happen. I just know it. And then it didn't happen. I was like, wait, wait, what? They like totally threw me with that ending because I was, I thought I knew what was happening and then I didn't. Really? And I was pleased with how it actually ended not like that cliche shit. 
Yes, but there was another movie called Knowing years and years and years ago with Nicolas Cage. I never actually watched that. That's a very good movie. And that movie is about how disasters that have been happening uh, all across the world are actually were actually foretold by stick with me now aliens these aliens were trying to tell us that the end of the world was coming and we needed to to actually help save humanity and the only one to figure out their pattern and the code was Nicolas Cage in this movie and what these aliens are trying to do is actually help the human species survive because mm-hmm. they have foretold the end of the world and the end of the and the end of that movie the world dies it blows up i mean there is it, it, there's no cliche about it the the cliche happens after that but <laughs> that yeah. that's just imagery and weirdness and and just like oh my god are you kidding me and there's a rabbit also. Anyway, but it's a movie that stuck with me because it's a movie that doesn't have necessarily the happiest of endings. And I really liked the end scene in Don't Look Up. I thought I that did that too. Was... I totally liked it. But I, I for uh, for a little while there, I was like so sure like this was just going to end and I'm going to be angry because it's going to be like not a good like not a good kind of realistic ending no so to speak i'm glad it had a realistic i'm I'm glad it had a good ending there yeah but anyway don't look up netflix check it out so my first thing is on netflix go figure and it's called in from the cold okay so i put this on thinking it was gonna be just your usual kind of like alias the spy thriller thing but in this you know one of those cliche where it's the suburban mom and she's really a sleeper agent russian spy blah blah blah, nonsense kind of thing and that's how it starts out you're thinking oh shit this is just gonna be one of those well i could go back to work now and let this play in the background but no this isn't your average sleeper agent you know former russian spy suburban mom in america now mm-hmm. she's got some hidden skills with oh. a z yeah but then it kind of becomes the same old suburban mom who's a spy forced to work for the cia with her hidden skills show it's not bad it's kind of fun to watch it takes place where they start in spain yeah. Like mom and the daughter go to Spain because daughter's a figure skater and there's some competition. Oh, I see. And okay. the CIA agent, whose name is Chauncey. Chauncey. Who is fucking named Chauncey? Right. Really? Yeah, Nobody Chauncey. names their kid Chauncey. That's some bullshit. But, yeah, that was some kind of crap. But yeah, the, Chauncey, the CIA guy, forces mom to re-engage her secret spyness to hunt down people in Spain and we have flashbacks to her in Russia doing her secret spy shit. And okay. All right. it's kind of, anyway, it goes from that, you know, hidden spy, almost cool at the very start when you learn about her secret skills to, Oh, this is just a, a spy, a Russian spy who's now working with the CIA and, 
seemingly enjoying it kind of a thing. Meh. Okay. It's okay. It's a fun watch if you miss Alias or any of those other spy things. It it'll fill a tiny little gap of that stuff you miss. It's not brilliant, but it's fun. It's entertaining. It's entertaining and fun and it's on Netflix and it is called In from the Cold. And the people in it are people I don't recognize, so I'm not going to bother telling you who they are. Okay. So, keeping on the spy thing, keeping on the female spy thing, except my movie stars people you absolutely know, Uh I watched The 355. Oh, where is that at? It's actually on Peacock. Oh. And and it was weird because I, I saw... I forget what I was flipping through on the Roku or something like that, and it said the three the three five five or the three fifty five on now on Peacock. I'm like, what? I'm very pleasantly surprised these days when a movie that I don't think we will see on streaming drops like a month or two before I think it's actually going to drop. Oh. And the movie stars Jessica Chastain, Penelope Cruz, Diane Kruger, and Lupita Nyong'o. And the main uh, dude in this is Sebastian Stan, who plays the Winter Soldier in the Marvel movies. Okay. Anyway, there's this really high-tech thing that that looks like a cell phone, but it can actually manipulate any electronic system in the world. Any electronic system in the world. A plane in the air, a building, it doesn't matter. And there's only one of these things, and of course, it is going to be auctioned off to the highest bidder. And there are all these international agencies out looking for it. So Jessica Chastain is working for the CIA. Lupita Nyong'o is working for MI6. Um, Diane Kruger is working for the German government. And um, Penelope Cruz just happens to be a psychologist but for uh, Spain. Oh. And, and, but she's a psychologist who is actually treating a Spanish spy. And oh. she just happens to get caught up in it. And I'll tell you what, you know, Laura dropped out of it. She was like, all right, I'm done. I'm tired. I really don't care to watch any more of this because it is a little action porny. Okay. You know, just, just action, 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 which is fine. It's completely predictable, absolutely predictable, especially Sebastian Stan's character. But I, I was entertained. Huh. I was actually very entertained. And again, I went to the interwebs and I looked up other reviews of this, but notably why it failed at the box office. And... Basically, nobody knows why they they blame it on poor marketing, the fact that, you know, female-led action pictures aren't... Lame, lame, lame excuse. ...cutting edge anymore. You know, I... It basically all just boils down to you just need a good movie. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter who leads it, although it was nice to see four strong female leads, and then there was a fifth one who came in. Mm Mm-hmm. And and her name is Fang Bingbing, and she plays a Chinese 
spy. Okay. And But knowing all of these movies as well, especially now with the Chinese film market, there are a lot of characters that you're going to see over time be you know integrated into films so that there's an appeal for a, a, a different audience right right you know and when she came in it was just kind of cliched and, and it felt shoehorned although if they had brought her in in a more natural way i think it would have been a little bit better than instead of three quarters through the film mm. but overall i was entertained it's two hours and two minutes though which for me makes it about 20 minutes too long for an action picture. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I now I know I'm countering myself because No Time to Die, which I thought was a, was a great movie, is like two and a half hours long. But I'm sure that there was something they could trim out of that too if I actually watched it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you're looking for something to watch and you have Peacock, watch the 355 or the 355. You'll learn a little bit of history because the 355 actually refers to somebody. Ooh. Oh, I ain't even <laughs> going to tell you what it is. You got to go look it up on the internet. Okay. Um, but is it the greatest action picture? Was was that you typing keyboard? It was me typing. <laughs> I'm looking it up now. Okay. Because I have to have a noisy keyboard. Yes. Otherwise, I'm not actually doing any work if my keyboard is too quiet. Have you seen those keyboards that actually look like typewriters? Yes, I have. I don't think I could handle that. Cause, yeah, I don't think know, I could handle that either. You get a feel for where t- keyboarding, and then you get those big old-fashioned ones. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I, have I seen worse? Absolutely, I've seen worse. But have I seen better? Yeah, I've seen better. Mm. Yeah, you said it was cliche where, yeah, there's a lot in, in From the Cold that's also that usual spy cliche. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. It's a kind of movie that should have been made for half the budget because it was made for 100 mil, made for half the budget and dropped on Netflix. Probably, yeah. It would have kicked some ass on Netflix, I think. All right, so that was it. The 355 or the 355 on Peacock. So my other thing is on both Hulu and Vicky, it is a series called Mr. Queen. Okay. Yes, it is Korean, but it is fucking hysterical. (laughs) Oh, my God. So in Korea, the Blue House is what America's White House is. It's where the president of Korea lives. And this guy is the head chef of the Blue House. He is a womanizing piece of crap, but he is a brilliant chef. And he's causing all kinds of ruckus, and there's just a little bit of political intrigue in there and that's like the first five to ten ish minutes of this that episode of the first episode and then uh shit goes wrong with that intriguey stuff and the police come to his door at his apartment and he's trying to run away i don't know why he's running away but he's running away from them he climbs over his balcony in his high-rise condo apartment and then he falls into the swimming pool Bashes his head on the bottom of the pool. And when he wakes up, he is in Joseon era Korea and finds out he is about to be married that day to the king. And he will become the queen of Korea. Okay. <laughs> and 
and it, all the wackiness in in reality, the wackiness ensues. The woman who plays the queen, she does that like manly gestures and manly walk and that manly sitting and everything so well. You can totally <sighs> tell this is like it, it. You it is realistic that this is a dude in a woman's body. And they throw in like a lot of slang and it's kind of a, it's a romance, but there's still because it's all political and now you're in the, the royal palace. There's all that intrigue and people stabbing each other in the back and this family needs to be in charge and that family and he's a puppet prince and all that kind of shit going on. It's but just down to it where the the queen has a, a is really a dude. Just it becomes so funny. And she starts winning people over in court with her cooking skills because she's a chef. She's a trained chef. She, he, he is a trained chef. And he goes into the kitchen and pisses off the actual royal chef by taking over the kitchen and making things that he doesn't even know what that is. And oh my God, and it's delicious. And how did he, she, how did the queen do that? We need her recipes. And yeah. It's really, it's a great fun show. And it's That's on Hulu awesome. for those who want to watch it, who are willing to give it a try. Cause, and you really you should. If, if you're going to start anything and you want to be entertained as Korean dramas go, Mr. Queen is totally worth it. Really. Trust me. Please. Is it please dubbed trust me. or is it subtitled? I am certain it is subtitled. Uh, I don't think they dubbed it on Hulu. I didn't watch it on Hulu. I just saw that it is available on Hulu. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So the last thing I have, uh, and then we'll get into something that we both watched, is The King's Man. And this movie has been delayed for two years now, thanks to the pandemic. Wow. And it is a prequel movie to Kingsman, The Secret Service. So The King's Man takes place right at the outset of World War One. That's how far back it goes. Oh, wow. Okay. And it stars Rafe Fiennes, Reese Ephens, uh, well, Stanley Tucci's got a small part in it, oh. Aaron Taylor Johnson, Gemma Arterton, and um, Harris Dickinson. I got to say, this movie is shit. Oh, uh, no. It, oh. It's... All right. It's actually two movies. It is a prequel to Kingsman the Secret Service. And it tries to explain why and how that organization got together. And it was because they realized that governments are shit in terms of their intelligence and they take too damn long to affect change and blah, blah, blah. And a system needed to be in place where people did the right thing, but did it quickly and effectively through intelligence that is gathered. The second movie that's in it is actually the far better, more intriguing movie. So Rafe Fiennes' character has a son. And one day, Rafe finds the son when he was a little boy and, and mom slash wife are on a trip to Africa, and she's she's shot dead by a sniper. Oh. 
And her her dying words to Ray Fiennes is, keep him away from war. Keep him away from this violence. So Ray Fiennes does what he can to protect his son from the violence going on in the world. But as World War I builds, he's feeling this a country pride. He wants to go serve his country. He is an able-bodied young man, and, and he wants to go and serve. And Ray Fiennes is like, no, you absolutely must not. And he's trying to train him in all of these hand-to-hand combat techniques by Jaimon Hansu, who is absolutely shoehorned into this movie. And I, and I hate to say that, and I've talked about stunt casting before, but very much like he was in A Quiet Place Part 2, Jaimon mm-hmm. Hansu could have been any actor of color. He didn't do anything extremely specific enough except be Jaimon Hansu so that you had some name recognition for the character. But anyway, so he he's training him in hand-to-hand combat and different things. But World War I is coming. And so the father is trying through machinations of knowing the king and all of that to keep his son out of things, but the son thwarts him and goes to the front line. And that is the movie. Because the resolution to that is an incredibly well-done scene. Oh. It, it, okay. it still blows my mind that I, that I wish that were the film. And I'm not going to give that away because, uh, see, that's why I'm fucking torn. Because I don't necessarily want people to go out with great expectations for The King's Man just to watch this little part. But I also don't want to give away the best part. Okay, well. So should I do it like, like, like. No, don't give it away. Just let people know and. All right. Well, you've said it. You said this isn't, don't run out and see it. But if you do see it, this is the part you're going to like. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and The King's Man right now, just to let you know, it's on HBO Max, okay. uh, and it's also on Hulu. Oh, okay. It's one of those that dropped on both. Nice. All right. So, and, and I actually watched it on both. Oh. Is it and different? I, uh, for some reason, the sound, I think, might have been better on, uh, was it HBO Max? I think it might have been a little bit better on HBO Max. Okay. But any hoosie. Um, anyway, the plot about the sun is the reason to watch this movie. Okay. Because the humor is for the most part gone from oh. this movie. And part of what made those other movies so good was the humor part, the light part. Yes, there's all this spy shit, but it's also humorous and shot, you know, like, unbelievably kinetically sometimes and blah 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 if you're looking to come you know be a completist kind of like i am and and you want to watch another movie in the kingsman series sure give it a shot there are definitely worse things you can watch but this movie is kind of shit actually anyway um so there you go so anyway so the last thing Uh that we have today is something we both watched yes it is up for Academy Awards this year, and it is The Tragedy of Macbeth. And it is on Apple TV Plus. Yes. With Denzel Washington playing Macbeth and Francis McDormand playing Lady Macbeth. 
in a in a diverse casting of of the tale of Macbeth by Shakespeare, shot in black and white, and actually in the old television ratio as well. Mm-hmm. So so first thing, if you're if you're going to watch this movie, just know that the black borders on the side of your widescreen TV are normal for this format. That was intended. There's nothing wrong with your fucking TV. <laughs> Don't touch it. If Macbeth is not a new tale, you know this this guy is visited and told that he is going to become king of Scotland, and he is ambitious enough and devious enough to want to make that happen. And Lady Macbeth is all on his side because she, you know, power, 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 blah 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 blah. I have to say though, and I don't know how you felt about this. I can't wait to hear it. I wasn't blown away by it. And I wasn't blown away by it because even though it it was shot pretty well and it actually looks almost uh, like a theatrical version of of a stage play. I I just was not blown away by the performance itself by Denzel Washington. But and there is a but, and I'll get to that later. But anyway, there's a but to it. What did you think? So I'm really, I am, I like Shakespeare stuff. There's a lot of Shakespeare things I've seen. I've seen it on, on stage. Uh, but as Shakespeare goes, this is, the words that I could come up with are pretentious shit. <laughs> That is, I only watched an hour of this and said, I I just can't. I just can't anymore. What is, what is this? The weird camera angles trying to be all artsy fartsy and set a mood and blah, blah, blah. The best part was um, the witches. And she's an older British actress and she's contorted herself in a weird way. That was like visually interesting to watch and that woman was in one of the harry potter movies yes uh i cannot remember the character's name yeah actually the actress that you're talking about is katherine hunter yes her and yeah when i first saw her too i was like oh yeah the woman neighbor down the street yeah mrs piddlesticks or whatever the hell her name was uh <laughs> mrs piddlesticks what the I'm fuck trying to remember what her name about? was mrs piddlesticks <laughs> you're weird uh, um, she had some name some one of those britishy kind of sounded names anyway um piddlesticks <laughs> That's weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna go look this up because her name is not. I know her name is not Piddlesticks. She's not. I, I in that clearly movie. made that up because I can't I know remember the did. character's name. She played Mrs. Fig. Mrs. Fig, thank you. Yes. So Mrs. Mrs. Fig is the best part of this whole thing. Oh, see, Honestly. for me it was Harry Melling, who played Dudley in the Harry Potter movies. He's in this too. That's right. That was Dudley. That was I recognized Dudley. him immediately, and then I was—I recognized the face. Like he's been in shit, but I wanted to watch the just before going down the road of he's been in shit, trying to figure out what he's been in, so I could pay attention to the sh- to the movie. And then I forgot to go back and look him up. Yeah, 
Yeah. So this he, is riddled with Harry Potter people, but it's still pretentious shit. Yeah, I I I do have to agree with that. I But here's the butt that I mentioned before. And I'm going to talk about this in racial terms because I have to take it through that lens. I think this is an important thing to watch if you're a kid because I think you need to see a diverse cast play Shakespeare, particularly because this movie is done in Shakespearean English. So if you are also not a fan of how Shakespeare's plays are actually read and done, um, by the way, this won't be your movie. So I, I instantly thought if I was a young black kid, I would, I would love to see this. I may be bored as shit, but at least I'm watching somebody like me be the main character. Mm-hmm. And various other characters, even though Lady Macbeth is is white, you know there are other characters in this movie like Macduff, and Macduff is actually played by Corey Hawkins, who was in that that reboot of Twenty Four, and he's been in a whole bunch of other shit. He plays Macduff, and his wife Lady Macduff is also a black actress, so it's cool in that sense. But you're right. It's pretentious shit. Yeah. And I and I and I wish that there was just something better about it, meatier about it. This should be a a passionate, almost exciting play of intrigue and 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 well, stuff. and it is. It's and, it is a, an exciting play of intrigue and stuff. But they made this so fucking boring. They yeah. tried to make it visually artsy fartsy kind of stuff that just takes your it takes you out of. Well, it broke my concentration on trying to follow what the hell is even going on here. Mm. I mean, there are a lot of other Shakespeare adaptations that are far superior. Yes. Even ones that are take they've pulled it into modern day that makes it seem really good and not this pretentious ass shit. Yeah, actually Romeo plus Juliet was really good with Leo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. I like that. My I, my my favorite Romeo and Juliet is the one from 1968 with Olivia Hussey. I'm sorry. I really, the Franco yes. Zeffirelli yes. Romeo I, and it, Juliet? That boring just, ass shit. I don't find it boring at all. That one I loved. I don't really? need action and gunfights on the streets with cars driving. You know, I don't need that. But the thing about the okay, but the thing about Romeo plus Juliet was that that was also done in the Shakespearean English. It was. That's fine with me. I don't the the whether they make it modern speak or Shakespearean English, that doesn't matter to me. It's just the root of the play that one I just really enjoyed that one. Huh. That one is the one that made me sit down and actually read. Roman no, and see, well then then it did its job. And all that. Yeah. You know. And I've always been keen to I I've, I've actually always liked um Shakespeare's comedies more than I liked his tragedies but give me something there are moods what I get into I want to see some dark heavy shit and (laughs) and and Macbeth should be one of them but this like you said was just uh. that was not good and I just wanted more of a of an energetic performance from Denzel Washington yes 
while it's important. Definitely lacking that some kind of energy. Energy. I just wanted some energy. And then when when Frances McDormand is doing her famous thing of out damn spot. Out out damn spot. Yes. Out out damn spot. Uh, I saw all of this on paper as being much better. But again, while being important for young people of color to see this movie, I can see this being shown in class. Okay, the way yeah. I first saw the yeah. Franco Zeffirelli Romeo and Juliet. Yep. I would, if I were a teacher, I would buy this and show it in class. As a moviegoer, I would say, I think that, and I and I hate saying this, I really, really, really do. I think they nominated Denzel Washington because he's fucking Denzel Washington, and he is a two-time Oscar winner. And Frances McDormand is an Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. And there are many other winners of many other shits from many <laughs> other award shows in this movie. And uh, and so I, th- I think they just thought, oh, this is going to be great. And it's not. So if you're looking to fill your Oscar quota... Push this down just a little bit on your list. Yeah, yeah. But as an important piece of film, it's it's up there. Mm-hmm. It really is. Because there was a time that, um, oh, what's his phrase? Uh, Lawrence Olivier was in blackface doing Othello. Oh. And I remember seeing pictures of that mm-hmm. and thinking this white guy is playing Othello. yeah. But then modern retelling, you got um, Mackay Pfeiffer and Julia Stiles in the more modern movie that came out like 20 years ago, Oh, and Josh Hartnett was Iago in that Mm -hmm. movie. Talk about modern retellings of Shakespeare. I don't think I've seen that. I I haven't seen it either, but I just remember it being striking because Mm -hmm. boom. Anyway, so... I can't recommend yeah. it either. Yeah. I really can't. So if you've got Apple TV Plus and you're trying to get your Oscar quota kind of stuff going, watch Coda instead. Mm-hmm. Because Coda is a brilliant movie. It is so good. It is so entertaining. It is so heartwarming. Both Dwight and I were crying. And looking at each other going, are you crying? No, I'm not crying. Neither am I, you know. Oh <laughs> Coda is a far superior Oscar movie than this than this pretentious shit. Okay. Well, then, there you go. You should watch Coda. You know what? Now I'm looking it up. I, I, I should, might. I, I reviewed it way back. I know you did. And you should watch it because it's great. Well, that's all. That's all I've got this week. I mean, same here. It was a movie-filled week. I know I owe you watching Severance on Apple TV Plus, with um, yes, with uh, Scott. Um, what's his name? What's his first name? Um, guy from Parks and Rec. Why is his name escaping me right now? Adam Scott. Thank you. Yes, that guy. Adam that's Scott. That's right. 
Ooh, Patricia's Ar Patricia Arquette's in it. I'll definitely watch that then. Anyway. Oh, that's um, right. Yes, she is in it. Yes. Anyway, so that's all I've got this week. Yeah, I, I don't have any news or anything. Although I did find something really interesting on the interwebs. You know who got back together? No. Uh, Christine Taylor and Ben Stiller. I know who Ben Stiller is. Well, Christine Taylor, her, mo her, her most famous thing was playing Marsha Brady in the two Brady Bunch movie parodies. Okay, okay. And she was also in Dodgeball, and she's been in a few other things as well. Well, they got back together. Cool. And the reason they got back together was the pandemic. Oh, okay. Because they share kids, and they had broken up, and and at the beginning of the pandemic, they thought it was best that he moved back into the house so that he wasn't separated from the kids. And okay. it turned out that that proximity rekindled their relationship. And I thought that that was a, a very special thing to read. Very nice. Yeah. I just want to leave it every leave people on a good note this week. Okay. The pandemic wasn't... The pandemic is horrible. It is shit. And, you know, please continue to be careful. But there were a few good things that came out of it. And that is one of them. And I thought that that was cool. Nice. Okay. Well, okay. anyway... Drop us a line on thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that contact us button. Have you seen the tragedy of Macbeth? Was it a tragedy that you watched it? Yes, I went there with that little pun. You know, you know. did you watch the 355 and think it was the greatest thing since sliced bread? Let us know. Are we off our rockers? Anyway, or engage us on social media, at symbol thewatchlistpod, at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson. And again... If you listen to us on Apple, give us that five-star review. We love you. And we thank our 20 loyal listeners very much. We sure much. do. Thank you. We've got to get more listeners. Fuck you, Spotify. Anyway, unless you give us money and then, like, fuck you, but thank you at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. You guys take care. Have a great week. Yeah. And we will see you next time. Okay, okay bye. bye.